Welcome to the Death Kit Show. Let's go. Hey. All right. Welcome to the GK Show. Fun music at the beginning. Yeah. Having a good day. Let's start the pod. What's up, everybody? It's quite late, and I realized that I haven't put out a podcast. So I finally have some time. I'm back from my show, and my family's asleep, so time to crank it out a little bit. Uh, I'm going to cover a couple of topics that have been on my mind and then I'm going to read a few articles that are quite interesting. Um, This is what I've been thinking. Uh, I've never been in a fight. I've never been in a real fight. And I'm a man and stereotypically men are supposed to fight, right? Somebody... Somebody disrespects you, you punch them with your fists. <laughs> why have I never been in a fight? I don't want to be in a fight. That's probably why. I don't feel there's a lot of good reasons to fight, you know? Especially growing up, people fight. And it's just, I don't know. I mean, I guess, okay, so here, here's my fighting history. I guess when I say I've never been in a fight, now I think about it, that's not really fully accurate because... In second grade, no, I was in third grade, and I was over at my friend Fong Mai's house. That's two names. First name is Fong, P-H-O-N-G, Fong. His last name was Mai, I believe, M-A-I. And we were having a birthday party for Fong, a bunch of kids running around. And I remember I was playing, I was waiting my turn to play Sega Genesis, okay? Sega Genesis, I did not have. I was a Nintendo guy. I don't know if you guys remember this, but it's like you either were a Genesis dude or a Nintendo guy, and I don't know if there was overlap, okay? I did have a Game Gear later in life, which was Sega. Remember that? Remember when you turned on any Sega game? It would go, Sega. (laughs) Oh, I can't believe how long I've been alive. People always go, life's short, man. Life's short. I'm 35. I feel like I've done a lot of stuff. I used to play Sega all the time. And uh, so anyways, I never had a Sega Genesis actually like hooked up to the TV. I had a Game Gear later. But at this point in my life, um, I had Game Gear. If you don't know, by the way, it was like Game Boy. That was Sega's Game Boy. Nintendo Game Boy? I also had a Game Boy. Oh my god, I'd lived like the best life ever. I just realized that. I want to text my parents right now and thank them for everything. I ended up with a Game Boy and a Game Gear. Different points in my life, but I had them. So, uh, everybody was playing this game on Genesis, Sega Genesis, and I was waiting for my turn to play. Finally got my turn, okay? And I'm sitting down, like crisscross applesauce, politically correct, how did that ever become Indian style? Is that how Native Americans sat? I don't even know. Let's call it Indian style. Now it's crisscross applesauce. Um, so I'm sitting down and I'm playing, and this other kid who I think I was friends with this kid too. He was my friend too, Ryan Tran. Okay. 
It's clearly at an Asian party. Let's just get that out of the way. Fong Mai and Ryan Tran. But uh, so Ryan was a little younger than me, I think. I think he was in second grade. And he kept coming up to me and hitting me on the head with this plastic sword or something. And I think he thought it was funny, but it was pissing me off. He was hitting me kind of hard. And I was like, stop it, Ryan, stop it. And then he kept doing it. I was in karate at the time. I should, I should have told you guys that, okay? This is not a fair fight for Ryan Tran. So I was like, stop it. Like, leave me alone. But guys, I am in karate, okay? I am taught only to use it if need be, all right? I'm not supposed to just start going, I know karate, so I'm going to unleash on you because you slapped me with a sword. But he kept doing it, kept running over and laughing and doing it. And I stood up and I said, seriously, stop it. Something like that, right? I was like, leave me alone, right? Like, I'm trying to play this game. And in my head, all I'm thinking is, I'm playing fucking Sega Genesis, dude. Like, I haven't ever gotten to play Sega Genesis. And now I get to play it. And I'm going to get smacked by Ryan with a sword? I don't think so. I totally just thought I saw a ghost in my place. That freaked me out. I have all the lights off. And the TV light is the only thing I have. So, luckily my TV is pretty big. It's a 205-incher. Yeah. It's made by Mitsubishi. <laughs> no. So, anyways... Uh, he kept doing it and I finally got up and I knew not to use my skills. You know what I mean? I know not to go all out with my punches and my kicks. So I finally, after warning him a bunch of times, I stood up and I gave him, uh, I think I gave him like a soft punch in the stomach. Right. And then he like, it wasn't like anything. I went like probably 30%. So it was basically nothing. And then he came back and I gave him like a half punch. I remember this very kind of sort of clearly. I gave him like a 50% punch, right? And then like he was like down, like not down, but like he was like, oh, for like a couple seconds. And then he came back again and I, I gave him a real one, right? Boom, solar plexus, bam, came up at the right angle, right? And then I remember he like hunched over. He might've fallen down. I don't remember. And I was just, I didn't want to do this though, guys. Okay. I, don't, I like how I started this with saying I've never been to fight. Now I'm talking about beating up some kid who was a year younger than me <laughs> when I was in third grade. So, whatever, long story short, then he, then he gets up from that, and, and I was like, as I was doing it, I was like, hey man, like, just leave me alone, you know what I mean? Like, he was bullying me, basically, but I was just finishing what he was starting, and I, I was trying not to uh, make it come, let it come to that. So, he, then he like ran at me once like, he finally got up, and I thrust kicked him. I was in karate, thrust kick, boom, with the ball of my foot right in his chest. And he, the way I remember it, flew back. I might be embellishing that, but I've always remembered it that he flew back, like in a movie. So then what happened was, listen to this shit. Now this is becoming uh, a referendum on Fong Mai's dad. He goes and tells Fong's dad that basically I'm punching and kicking him for no reason or something. So Fong's dad comes up to me and goes like, oh, he, you uh, you punch Ryan. Sorry, guys. I'm staying up for you, obviously. So he goes like, you punched Ryan. So now he gets to punch you. And I was like, what is happening right now? Like, I this guy's beating me with a, a plastic sword. And I kept telling him to stop and warning him. And then finally, I had to defend myself, right? So you know what Fong Mai's dad did? God, I hope somebody who knows this guy knows where he is, figures this out. He held, I'm third grade, I'm eight. He held my arms behind my back and told Ryan that he could punch me. That's what a, an adult man did. Okay, guys, I have kids. I do not see myself ever 
taking somebody else's kid when their parents, especially when their parents aren't there and I'm in charge of them and going, I'm going to hold your little eight-year-old arms behind your back and let somebody punch you because I heard a story from one person who I'm choosing to believe wholeheartedly is the most honest little second grader alive, Ryan. So that's what happened. And then Ryan tried to punch me, but he didn't have much left in the tank after I beat his ass. <laughs> so it wasn't a big deal. So that was one situation where I, it's sort of sort of a fight, but not really. And then another one, fifth grade. What was this kid's name? Oh, what was this kid's name? Zach? I can't remember. But I can't remember what was going on. But this is like in front of a teacher, so I don't really think it could be considered. Was it recess? I don't know. We were playing baseball or something, and he kept messing with me. I forgot what he was doing. And I just grabbed him, kneed him in the stomach, and then like tripped him. I'm doing karate moves, okay? So anyways, as an adult, as a teenager, I've never been in a fight, okay? I've never wanted to be in a fight. People have definitely wanted to beat my ass, though. But I have never let it come to that because I just don't think it's worth it. I still don't. So here's a couple. Here's a story about when I almost got... Here's why I don't want to be in a fight, Okay. Every time you've been in a situation, you know, sometimes you're at like a, you know, uh, like a crowded bar and you're just like, everyone's bumping into everybody. And then people where I grew up would be like, fuck, you stepped on my shoe, bro. Fuck, you stepped on my shoe, man. And it's like, dude, obviously not on purpose. We're in a crowd. Do you remember that part? Like, I didn't see you from across the room and just run over and like, yeah, jump and slam my heel into your toes because I hate your foot. We're in a crowd. We're bumping into each other. Same as like when you're at a bar and just like bump into somebody because you're in a crowd. They're like, "Hey, fucking, you hit me, bro." It's like, do you think I? You think this is my move? You think I'm just starting random fights? Everyone's bumping into everybody. Chill out. So, I'd always talk my way out of fights. Like uh, one time, I was at UCLA when I was 19 or 20. I can't remember. I was a year removed from college. Oh my god! Who else listened to me on? So. A year removed from college, and uh, my brother at the time lived on frat row at UCLA on Gailey, but he didn't go there, but he lived there. And so I went up there with a buddy, and we got drunk, and we were like walking to the parties. And I'm walking down the street, and these two girls are in front of us, and they were by themselves by the looks of my drunk eyes. So I said, hey, what's up? Where are you going? And these two big dudes behind us go, I wouldn't do that if I were you. And I honestly thought that they were saying that because they were trying to let me know, like they're trying to be cool to me, like, hey man, those girls, we already tried to talk to them, they're kind of stuck up, they're a little, you know, B-words, don't even waste your time. That's what I thought the guy was trying to convey. Clearly he wasn't. So I just got kind of look back and I'm like, oh no, no, I got it. And then I uh, say to the girls again, like, oh, where are you guys going? And the guy was like, I really wouldn't do that if I were you. And I turn around and I go, bro, I'm trying to get late. <laughs> like I said something like that, right? Next thing you know, and then I'm like, where are you guys going? And then the guy's just like in my face, right? And there's like a crowd around because everyone's like, we're about to see a fight. This dude was big. I don't remember what he looked like. I just remember he was way bigger than me. And this guy was like, I'm going to beat your ass. I'm going to beat your ass, you freshman. And I remember, even though I'm really drunk, I, I don't like let little things like that slide. I go, hey, man, I don't go here. But if I did, I wouldn't be a freshman. I'd technically be a sophomore. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> like, this is how I talk. Even when I'm drunk and a guy's in my face trying to get me to fight him. And uh, he was like, dude, I'll fucking kill you. But, like, he's so upset. Like, those were his girlfriends. And, 
you know, whatever. Oh, that's what I said. I said to him, I'm like, hey, man, I thought you were just, oh, then, yeah, when he's in my face, I go, dude, I, it's a misunderstanding, man. It's just a misunderstanding. And then I go, I thought you were trying to tell me that they're bitches. And then he goes, you call my fucking girlfriend a bitch? I'm like, oh, my God, dude, misunderstanding on top of misunderstanding. What's going on here, right? <laughs> and so he's in my face. His friends are literally holding him back. And the guy was just like, he kept saying he's going to beat my ass. And I just go, look, man, like I, even though, you know, it's kind of scary, I guess, like you don't want to get your ass kicked, but I I also don't want to back down and look like I'm weak. So I just stood there, you know, didn't back up or anything, but I'm like, look, dude, I don't want to fight. You want to fight? I don't want to fight. What's going to happen here, dude? You're going to start punching me? I'm not going to punch back. I have no reason to punch you. This is a misunderstanding. I get why you're upset. I go, but I'm not going to punch back. She's just going to be punching a guy who's not even fighting back. It's just going to look weird. <laughs> that like freaked out his friends. Like, this guy's strange, man. <laughs> we got to get out of here. <laughs> like, just let, just let it go. It's a misunderstanding. Like, they were convinced. They were like, yeah, this is going to look weird. Like, what's the scene? You know what I mean? You're not going to look like a big champion just punching a guy small. Oh, I also said this to him. I go, why would we fight, dude? I go, it's a misunderstanding. I remember saying, uh, I go, why would I fight you? I go, I'll probably lose. Like, I go, I might win. I go, you're a lot bigger than me. You know what I mean? I go, I'll probably lose. Like, maybe I'll win. But chances are I'll lose. I go, and I don't want to fight anyways. <laughs> so, like, the fact that I already granted him that he'd probably win the fight also kind of diffused a lot of it. And it was just so funny because his friends did eventually go, like, hey, man, let's, let's just like, let it go, man. It's, got, it's a misunderstanding. I'm like, yeah, fucking misunderstanding. Jeez, what is so difficult about this? So, uh, yeah, so I don't like fighting, you know? It's like, just what, what are you going to do, punch? Like, I'll fight. Like, I, if somebody, like, was really did something where I needed to stand up for my wife, for my kids, you know what I mean, my parents, yeah, I would fight if the circumstance need, is like you need to fight. It's, you know when people say uh, fight or flight? They say that's like the animalistic instinct is fight or flight. Well... I read in one of my body language books back in the day that it, it's actually the people say that reversed because it just sounds better, fight or flight, you know? Um, it's really flight or fight. The animalistic instinct is to avoid danger and unless you have to fight, unless you have to be confronted with danger. Animals and where animals, like, there's no, like, you, the, the first move is avoid it. You know what I mean? So if you can avoid a fight, avoid it. There's your little, little PSA for today. Sega. God, I want to go look up this old video game beginnings now to see that. All right, so that was one thing I was thinking. Another thing I was thinking is how interesting politics is where, you know, because obviously we got the whole new cycle coming around. People want to be president. And then it's like, you know, Trump's president. And a lot of people hate Trump. A lot of people love Trump. And then there's... Uh, you know, all, all the Democrats are in with like 20 something Democrats running. And uh, it's just weird the way people like we're programmed. We all know that major problems aren't fixed with simple answers, you know, like for most things. Uh, but yet we all get behind candidates on both sides who just say, kind of like big platitudes we like like this thing needs to be this and i'm the person that's gonna do it and everyone's like yeah <laughs> what you know what i mean no one would get behind somebody and go hey look you know uh 
that's actually a very complex issue and uh, I think some of what that person said is probably right but also this and you know it's going to take a lot of time and we also got to rewire the way we think as a society because you can't just fix things from the government down people would be like whoa 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 boring <laughs> snooze fast not listening tell me someone that's going to be like we need the boobity bop and then the boobity boo boo and everyone's like yeah Finally, somebody with the bibbidi bobbidi bibbidi boo. <laughs> it's just, it's just both sides. And it's so weird to me that people are uh, just so into political candidates. Like, I get why you'd support certain causes and stuff, but to trust like these people. I went to Politicon a couple years ago, right? Which is, if you don't know, it's like this. I guess it's like Comic Con for politics. And uh, a friend of mine and I, we thought it'd be fun to go. And because we've never been to something like that, you know, we kind of like pay attention, you know, what's going on in politics and, you know, we have have some views on stuff, you know, like everybody else. I'm going to tell you guys, anyone listening, everybody seemed nuts. Everybody to me seemed nuts. not everybody. I mean, there's a couple people like uh, there's like some comics there that I knew because they're doing a show. But there were it's either like one side is all these crazy left-wing people that are like, hey, we're having like a pussy hat knitting booth. I'm like, that is so weird. And then there's like other people who are just in like full-on MAGA gear. It's just like, fucking what? Like, that's who you are? Head to toe in red, like, make America great again stuff? Like, I don't care who you voted for either way. Like, everyone has their own reasons and stuff and all that. Fine. But to be that invested in like a side and... Just people going to see certain people talk and just just boners, you know, like metaphorical boners for like anything that person said. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And there's like these debates they have or discussions where it's just filled with either like one side is, you know, uh, I didn't. I watched a little bit of one of them that I wasn't at on YouTube later, and it was uh, who is it? This guy Hassan Piker, who's from the Young Turks. And so they're like real left wing. And then this guy, Charlie Kirk, I think who was, he was debating, who was, uh, he's from a conservative group called Turning Point USA. Oh my God. Like the audience is just filled with a bunch of people who are fans of Hassan Piker because he's on the Young Turks, which is a very popular, uh, you know, channel, YouTube channel, or maybe it's on T, I don't think it's on T, whatever. Very popular thing, <coughs> very popular show. And then, uh, and then Charlie Kirk has like got the conservative people in the audience that are all fans of his. But it's like no one, like I, I, I should say no one because I guess I watched it, you know, on YouTube. But like it seems like in the audience, it's just mostly everybody's got their mind made up. No one came to listen to anything. And I will say, both those guys, terrible. Like it's just pathetic. Uh, the representatives for ideologies that people like the people that get propped up. That guy, Charlie Kirk, was, like, completely losing his cool. And then the Hassan guy came off like a douchebag because he was like, like, oh, come on, dog. Come on, dog. Come on. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, this is a real discussion. Like, if I could get up there and do it, I don't think it's good enough. You know what I mean? Just, like, one guy trying to be... That guy, Hassan, just seemed like he was trying to be the coolest dude alive. Like, he watches the movie Swingers or something and, you know just gets a hard on i don't know i keep making boner references but like he, he just seemed like he was trying to be like look how laid back and cool i am the other guy's like look how passionate i am i'm freaking out I'm, I'm yelling it's like what is this this is just it's just so weird to me that 
But these people are both very popular in their own, you know, uh, respected, uh, respective, uh, you know, elements, situations, whatever, you know, like that guy Hassan's got a big following. This guy Charles got a big following. It's just weird how people don't see through crap. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. Um, that's why I am politically homeless, as they say. So anyway, I just think it's like weird. But I also think certain things are weird too where there's nothing to do with politics, just advertisements, like a celebrity endorsement. I understand if there's a new product and a celebrity is, you know, gets behind it. They, maybe they, they're an investor. They get a piece of the company because they get to push it and they actually like the product. Like, oh, this is cool. Like say you're an athlete and there's some new, you know, arm sleeve thing that really does have, you know, some science behind it and it's helping heal, whatever. I'm just making shit up. But like say there's something like that. I get that. You know, you're like a brand ambassador for that thing. But when we just see you know, uh, LeBron James or whoever, just like, oh, uh, I drink Sprite. Why does that, why does that make anybody else want to buy Sprite? Like to see a celebrity doing it. I'm not trying to single out LeBron James. I'm just saying in general, or, you know, when there's like some hot, uh, model, you know, like Sophia Vergara's, uh, you know, uh, you know, like a shampoo commercial or a makeup thing, or, you know what I mean? Like, I I get it, but I also don't get it. You know what I mean? I get the idea that it brings eyeballs to your thing. That I totally get. But the idea that anyone's like, oh, man, does LeBron really just, like, pound sugary Sprites all day? Because from what I understand, the guy spends, like, $1.5 million a year on a nutritionist or something or on his training and, like, all together, like, his body and his training and nutrition, all that stuff together, he spends, like, over a million bucks on it. It's like... I don't think his nutritionist is like, hey, Bron, uh, pound like a two liter of Sprite and you're good, dude. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just don't understand how, like, I'm not taking myself out of it. I'm just saying in general, like, I'm very susceptible to ads. I'm just saying we're all just so dumb. Like, I just feel like we're all stupid, me included, not trying to shit on anybody. We're all just morons. Oh, man, that actor I like, Ray Liotta, he drinks 1800 tequila. Hmm, I bet it's the best stuff ever. He was in Goodfellas. Like, what's wrong with us? We're just idiots. Uh, even just models wearing clothes, right? I mean, that makes sense, I guess, because the clothes look better on them and then we want to wear them. Okay, that, may, that one makes sense. But, uh, yeah, just the idea of somebody who you recognize telling you to, you know, eat DiGiorno pizza or whatever the fuck. It's just, oh, I guess I'll eat it because they eat it. I want to be like them. But people are dumb. I remember, this is the, the true story about how I first found out who Kim Kardashian was. Uh, this guy who's friends with my buddy, Sean, goes, uh, he was like, dude, we were at the club last night. It was a long time ago. He's like, we were at the club. So cool, man. Kim Kardashian was there. And the only time I'd heard the name Kardashian was Robert Kardashian, Kim Kardashian's father, who was one of OJ's lawyers and good friends. And so I go who's Kim Kardashian? I go, is that like Robert Kardashian's daughter or something? And he goes, dude, he's Robert Kardashian. And I was like, one of OJ's lawyers, Robert Kardashian. And then he goes, I don't know, bro. He's like, she fucked Ray J. And I go, Ray J. I go, Brandy's little brother? Because this is like how I know these people. And he just goes, yeah. And I go, oh, so she was at the club? I go, what's, I go, what's the point of the story? I go, did you like hang out with her or something? You talk to her and, he, and you meet, like, I don't get it. You get her number. He's like, 
Nah, dude, but she was there. So to this guy, nice guy, by the way, not taking anything away from this guy, to that guy, his night was better because he was in the same building as somebody who is just a rich kid who hobnobs with like Paris Hilton and shit and fuck Ray J. So his day was his night was better, like because he had that was his story to tell. Guess where I was last night? Same place as this person. Didn't talk to him. Didn't meet him. They don't know me. I know who they are because they had sex with a celebrity's younger brother who's now a celebrity. Like, okay, <laughs> it's just the human mind, man. We're just like idiots. All right, I'm gonna do a couple of these stories. It's super late, and uh, let's see. Okay, so I thought this one was pretty funny. Conor McGregor allegedly punches old man in the head over whiskey dispute. And I watched this video. The best part of this video is, I don't know what's going on in there. You can't really, there's no audio. You can't really see. Or maybe, there, maybe I was watching with my audio off. Anyways, uh, Conor McGregor ends up just like re- reaching across a guy at the bar. who's sitting at the bar and Conor McGregor standing up. And with his left hand just socks the guy on the side of the head. Here's the thing. The guy, they call him old man. Dude, dude I can't really tell from the video. Dude looks like he's probably you know, mid forties, 50. I don't know. Maybe I'm older now. So people just look, you know, when they're, when they're, when they're a certain age, they look, they just look different or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, maybe I just can't gauge age anymore, but I think that guy should sue for people calling him old man. Number one, he's like, Hey, I'm not old man. I'm like in the prime of my life. I got a second wind. <laughs> I take supplements. I train every day. But it was really funny is the guy didn't even, he didn't even like, Conor McGregor looked like he caught him pretty good, even though he reached over somebody, but the guy didn't even go down. He didn't even look that phased by it. Maybe the video cut out a little too soon, but don't you think if Conor McGregor <laughs> socks you in the side of the head, like sucker punch, by the way, this guy was not squared up or anything, just sitting at the bar. Don't you think you should fall off the stool, Conor McGregor? Shouldn't you be dead? Shouldn't your head fly off your neck and then bash into another guy's head and knock that guy out it's conor mcgregor dude so pretty interesting let's see this is i'll read the article because i just watched the video earlier conor mcgregor doesn't take too kindly to people who insult his whiskey in april mcgregor punched an old this happened in april and it's news now in april mcgregor punched an older man oh now he's older older than mcgregor doesn't necessarily mean old older man at a bar in dublin after the man declined to sample mcgregor's whiskey Oh, I did see in the video McGregor was like pouring people. Um, he he like ordered a bottle from the bar. It looked like, and then he was pouring into glasses. And I think he has his own whiskey line. I think I heard so maybe that was it. He wanted people to try it. In the video, McGregor can be seen trying to give the man a cup for a sample of whiskey. The man rejects the cup twice. McGregor then pours whiskey for a few other people at the bar. At that point, the video cuts to a few minutes later. It's unclear whether McGregor and the man are exchanging words when the man turns away. McGregor punches the man in the face with his left hand. Yeah, what the fuck? Dude, such a shitty move. Incredibly, the man doesn't seem phased. Thank you. That's what I said. He remains seated on his stool. McGregor is quickly rushed away. I think the guy, either McGregor doesn't hit as hard as we think, which I'm sure he hits really hard. I wouldn't want to get hit by that guy. Um, Or that guy on the stool is probably just hammered. You know, they're in Dublin. This guy's just old Irish dude. Older, older Irish guy. Now I get sued, right? By my own, by my own, uh... Reasoning, um, yeah, maybe just like he's gonna feel it the next day. You know what I mean? Like maybe he's not even gonna remember it. He was so wasted, and the next day he's just gonna wake up. He's like, "Why is my entire head caved in?" They're like, "Dude, Conor McGregor punched you in the side of the face last night." What? 
Police reportedly opened an investigation following the incident, but McGregor was never charged. That's insane. You punch a guy in the face, you're not charged? Police have reportedly seen the video of McGregor punching the man, according to TMZ. UFC president Dana White, McGregor video is pretty bad. During an interview Thursday, UFC president Dana White said he was previously aware of the incident but didn't know the context. He did concede it was a bad look for McGregor, though. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad look. Sucker punching an old dude at a bar just because he doesn't want to drink your whiskey. That happened in April. I knew that happened. They just got the video. It's pretty bad, White said when speaking to Jim Rohn on Thursday. Not allegedly. It's pretty clear it's him. So apparently this was in a pub in Ireland, and it was an argument over whiskey. Connor has a whiskey now, and it was an argument over the whiskey, and Connor reaches out and hits him with a left hook. I don't know the context of it. I don't know the entire story, but he punches a guy, an older man, in the face. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to read this whole article. I just think it's interesting... MMA, UFC, that's the one sport where you can be a total asshole, it seems like, and it doesn't hurt your brand. It can it can actually help it. You know what I mean? I feel like if you're a baseball player or you're a NBA guy, can you imagine if like an NBA guy, like say LeBron James, you know, like he's having a good first half, they go to halftime and the sideline reporter calls him over. She's like, Hey LeBron, like you're having a great half, your team's up by three. And it's game five of the playoffs. He's just like, yeah, suck my dick. Fuck you. Get out of my face. Fucking trying to bother me with this bullshit. <laughs> People would be like, oh my God, what a jerk. But in UFC MMA, I'm not saying all these guys are like that because they're not. I'm sure there's plenty of great guys and I don't really follow up. I'm sure there's a bunch of great dudes. But I'm saying you can be like, yeah, I'll fucking kick that guy's fucking ass and fuck his mom. And everyone's like, ooh, this is going to be a good fight. <laughs> it's just a weird, it's just weird how that works. While the legal fallout from McGregor over the incident is yet to be determined, it's yet another bit of trouble the fighter has created over the last few years between attacking a bus of USC fighters, being accused of sexual assault in Ireland, or getting arrested for smashing a fan's phone. This latest video isn't exactly surprising. All right, whatever. I'm not a huge UFC guy, so I'm not going to... Oh, the article's almost over. I guess I... Oh, I guess I... Some, some ad started to play. All right. Well, let's see. White didn't say whether or not McGregor would face punishment from the UFC over the punch, instead chalking up McGregor's behavior as standard for fighters. <laughs> Here we go, from Dana White. Quote, when you deal with fighters, guys who fight for a living, there's always something, White said when addressing McGregor. If you look at some of the greatest fighters, Mike Tyson, what Tyson went through at his peak, every time you take a guy who is a professional fighter and you sprinkle a ton of money on top of it, get, get ready. Get ready for a disaster, literally a disaster. I think that's a little unfair to all the guys who don't do shit like that. Like, I think I get what he's saying, but I think there's so many people that don't do that. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know what? I was going to read this story. I don't know if there's anything funny to say about this. This guy was... Uh, yeah, I'm not going to read this story. Judge orders release of Missouri man in prison two decades. That just sounds horrible. Fucking, can you imagine being wrongfully imprisoned? That would be the worst... Um, sorry, these ads just keep popping up and starting to play, so I had to mute my, uh, mute my laptop. Um, alright, here's the last story. Jeffrey Epstein kept painting a Bill Clinton in drag at his house. So, I saw Steve Byrne, a comedian I know, he posted on Instagram this picture of Bill Clinton in a dress and said something, what was his, I can't remember his caption, but anyways, Steve's a really funny guy, go check him out. Um, but... <laughs> I thought it was just a joke that Steve made or something going around the internet. So apparently, I'm going to read this headline again, then I'll read the article, because I've not, I've not read this article yet. Jeffrey Epstein kept painting a Bill Clinton in drag at his house. 
This painting is Bill Clinton in a blue dress. I'm looking at it. If you guys haven't seen, just Google it. He's wearing a blue dress, like off the shoulder with cleavage, but he doesn't have boobs. And he has red shoes, red heels on. And he's sitting in a chair sideways, pointing at, you know, pointing straight forward. And it's Bill Clinton's head on what appears to be like, I don't, this is so weird. This is okay. Let's read. Jeffrey Epstein kept a bizarre painting of Bill Clinton prominent, prominently displayed in his New York townhouse. It was reported on Thursday. Epstein's $77 million home in the Upper East Side, the largest private home in the city with 40 rooms over seven floors. So can you just hear Trump going, I've got a larger private home in the city. Okay. Jeffrey had a $77 million home, which is nice. It's kind of small. I have a $78 million home. It's a little bit bigger. It has 41 rooms on eight floors. Anyways, um, the largest private home in the city with 40 rooms over seven floors was described by the young girls he allegedly abused as being full of surreal and intimidating art. This guy, this is so strange. Among the most unusual works is an oil painting of Mr. Clinton dressed in a blue dress similar to the infamous one worn by Monica Lewinsky and wearing red stilettos. Mr. Clinton is shown lounging in a chair in the Oval Office and leering at the camera. The painting was spotted by a visitor to the house in October 2012. This painting is so strange. The artwork, dubbed Parsing Bill, was painted and sold by a New York-based Australian artist named Petrina Ryan Cleed. The two men were friends in the 2000s, with Mr. Clinton taking four trips on Epstein's private jet as part of his work with the Clinton Foundation. I heard he took 27 trips, so I don't know who wrote this article, but they're obviously not digging deep enough. These trips, accompanied once by actors Kevin Spacey and Chris Tucker, sparked a surge of interest in the mysterious Gatsby-esque Epstein. Jeffrey is both a highly successful... I love how they keep calling this guy Gatsby. I think they're saying, they're saying that because they don't know how he made his money. But, I mean, poor Jay Gatsby, fictional character, uh, being, you know, tied to this pedophile guy. That's not cool. Gatsby didn't have much of underage people. He was prostituting out to powerful elites. He's just throwing great parties trying to get the love of his life to show up. Jeffrey is both a highly successful financier and a committed philanthropist with a keen sense of global markets and an in-depth knowledge of 21st century science, said Mr. Clinton through a spokesman in 2002. What if, what if his deep, in-depth knowledge of 21st century science is about time travel and like multiverse and stuff? Oh man, I'm going down my own little weird thing. I'm just making stuff up. I especially appreciated his insights and generosity during his, the recent trip to Africa to work on democratization, empowering the poor, citizen service, and combating HIV AIDS. Mr. Clinton also met the financier at his New York home, although he never visited Epstein's ranch in New Mexico, waterfront home in Florida, or his private island in the Caribbean. Well, some people on that island say that they've seen Mr. Clinton there, Mr. President Clinton. Who knows? The pair appeared to grow apart, however, and were not seen together in Epstein's later years after he was charged by police in Florida in 2005 for prostitution of a minor. A spokesman for Mr. Clinton. Why do they keep calling him Mr. Clinton? Don't you call him President Clinton if someone's been president? That's weird. A spokesman for Mr. Clinton said after Epstein's July 6 arrest that the former president was completely unaware of Epstein's, quote, terrible crimes and hasn't spoken to the ultra-wealthy sex offender in, quote, well over a decade. Story continues. Some speculate that Epstein's decision to hang the ghoulish painting was in response to his being, quote, dumped by his former friend. That's pretty fucking funny if that is. 
Epstein was known for his eyebrow-raising tastes and furnishings. A life-size female doll hanging from a chandelier greeted his guests as they arrived. You have a life-size female doll hanging from a chandelier right as the guests arrive? That's not even in like a different weird room in your house? That's something everybody sees when they come in? That's weird. At the bottom of the staircase is a chessboard with each of its customized figurines modeled after one of his staffers. What? And, quote, dressed suggestively... A visitor told the New York Times. So all his staffers are pieces on a chessboard? Oh my God, this dude's such a weirdo. That's so crazy. The entrance hall, as I love how I'm calling him a weirdo, that maybe he's just on some weird, crazy level we don't even know about. Maybe he was a puppet for something else. I don't know. I don't think we'll ever know. The entrance hall as decorated with, quote, row upon row of individually framed eyeballs imported from England. Vanity Fair reported 2003. Are those real eyeballs? Framed eyeballs imported from England? What does that even mean? The same article described how Epstein kept a stuffed black poodle in his study placed on top of a grand piano. Maybe that was just like his dog and it passed away and he stuffed it. Quote, I want people to think what it means to stuff a dog. End quote, Epstein told the magazine. Okay, now I'm lost. That is the end of the article. Okay. Okay, well, you know what, guys? That's it. I'm super tired. I'm fumbling words. I can't think of the right word for what I'm trying to say. I'm going to put this one up. Hope you guys enjoy. Please rate the podcast five stars if you haven't already. It's so quick. I see more and more people are listening, which is really cool. Please just take a moment, rate it five stars. If I share something on social media, which is at Jeff Keith, G-E-O-F-F-K-E-I-T-H, Please do me a favor, comment, like it, share it. All that stuff helps. I hate having to say it. It's the world that uh, we all live in, and I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Really appreciate it. Hope you have a great, great weekend. I'll try and get as much content out as I can. Thank you for listening to my daddy.